1: Hello, Hornets fans, and welcome back to another BuzzBeat. This is Richie, and we've got a returning guest joining us today. But before we welcome him on, uh, take 30 seconds right now and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. If you go as far as writing us a review, that's awesome as well. But without further delay, we're bringing on Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer and the QC Hornets Nest podcast. Rod, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you doing today, Richie? Doing good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, before we get into some of the topics surrounding the Hornets, I've got a personal question for you in terms of how you've enjoyed handling, covering this season, because I feel like there's tons of frustration and disappointment with the fans, with the organization. Like how does this season compare to any season that you've covered before, whether that's with the Nets or the Hornets?
2: It's definitely a lot of frustration, man. It kind of reminds me of being uh as you said, covering the New York team was the Brooklyn Nets or the New York Jets. I mean, um, it kind of seemed a little bit tabloidish to be honest with you, because it just hasn't been what typically, I guess, fans are probably accustomed to here in Charlotte. Even though the Hornets haven't had winning times, it's been a just crazy year in terms of just injuries and um, you know, coach getting fired way back in the summer. I mean, it's been a lot of stuff happening over the last calendar year for these guys. So it's definitely been a challenge. Um, it's, it's been uh, something else to keep me on my
1: toes, but it's part of the job. and That's why we do this. That's why we sign up for it. Yeah. And going into the season, Charlotte probably had one of the strangest off seasons I've ever experienced. And most of it was either negative or just like really unexpected. And one of those moves was actually bringing back Steve Clifford of all people, as the head coach after, uh, I guess, like a three-year break from the team. Knowing what you know about Cliff and and you've gotten to know him, he's defensive-minded, he's detail-oriented, and he definitely has tendencies that are just different from James Borrego. How do you think that this young team has meshed with him and his personality and gravitated to his coaching style? Because I, I feel like, obviously, Clifford wasn't their first choice, but but overall, how do you think that this team is meshing with him? Well, you, you're right. He
2: obviously, it wasn't their first choice. They tried to go up after Kenny Atkinson, and that didn't work out for reasons um, that we know. But uh, it's, it seems like to have a quote-unquote fallback option, uh, be Steve Clifford, has worked out beyond, um, I'm sure, what the Hornets could, could have imagined. Obviously, record-wise, injury-wise, it's not what they thought they would have this season. But in terms of having a leader – who the players um, believe in and want to kind of follow um, in terms of his, his coaching stance and what he wants them to do out there strategy wise. Like all the players from what I can tell have bought into coach Clifford and what he wants to do. Like nobody has to me said a bad word about the guy. If anything, they feel like he's very detail oriented and they just go out there and just do, what he tells them doing the game plan nine out of 10 times, they're going to win. And I think, if you're a Hornets fan, you know, obviously you may not have quote-unquote wanted him because you feel like he wasn't, um, like I said, the number one guy. He was a team coach they had here previously, coaching the team. But if you look at what he's done, despite all they've gone through this year, like to have somebody like him at the helm, to me, it's, it's been almost um, like a godsend for them in some regard because I'm not sure a young coach, I'm not sure a coach who um, isn't just doesn't have the backbone per se. to can handle what they've gone through this year because
1: it's been a whole lot for these guys. And and you mentioned it, like the the record is probably not where they want it to be. And I know you can never predict injuries, but how do you think the organization feels maybe about the goals that they set out at the beginning of the season and now that they're probably going to fail to even get to 30 wins? Like, do, do they feel a disappointment or are they factoring in the fact that there are injuries involved here?
2: It's a little bit of both. You're obviously disappointed because you feel like no matter what, you can still kind of get through certain things. Um, It's part of what, you know, being a pro is, is they call it the next man up mentality. But if your star players are the guys who are constantly hurt, and anytime you haven't um, had a chance to actually have your entire team together for more than a couple of games or a couple of weeks, like that's just not normal. (laughs) I don't care what level of play that you're at. So they definitely have an excuse in some regard um, because when they were actually kind of whole, remember, they had a five-game winning streak before Lamelo went out. So you kind of could see the, the pieces of this team kind of here and there. But because they've always had somebody injured or out, they haven't had that full um just capability to show you what they can do for more than just a week or two. So I think that, again, it's a little bit of both. Obviously, disappointment is there because no matter what, again, you, you should be able to kind as of as, – as a pro – you feel you can kind of come out and step up no matter what, but when you have the mellow Ball hurt um, three or four times, when you have Terry Rozier, um, who's leading scorer now, hurt, hurt. You know when you have Gordon Hayward hurt, um, Kelly Oubre hurt, uh, Mark Williams hurt. Like everybody's been hurt at some point this year. I'm not. I'm pretty sure everybody: Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Nick Richards. Who am I leaving out? <laughs> I mean, everybody's been out for for the Hornets this year. So you have to you have to think about that, and when we try to factor in what they've done this year. You can't discount. They had a lot of injuries that obviously you can't just, you know,
1: just 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 put to a side that, that didn't happen. I think one player that you I mean, maybe I missed it, but one player that I don't think you mentioned was Cody Martin. Right. Yes, correct. Yeah, well yeah. He, like He like in my eyes, probably one of the more like, I guess, disappointing stories to the season. I know I know that he can't help the injury, but he was a player that I thought would have connected so well with Steve Clifford, just the way that. He fits on the defensive side of the court. He's versatile on that end. And obviously he was rewarded this off season with a four year contract of about $32 million. And this first season of his contract, it feels like it was a little bit of a, a wasted season with him. And he's just an intelligent player on the defensive side of the court. And you forget about him because he, you know, has played, I don't know how many games, but very little. Uh, first question, Rod, in, in terms of his injury, do we know if his knee surgery had anything to do with the quad injury that was labeled in the season opener? Was it like misdiagnosed or were those just like separate injuries? Because it, w- it was originally like a quad injury, they said.
2: Well, I think there were separate injuries. And I think sometimes that's the thing that uh, fans kind of get caught up in, is when the team labels an injury a certain thing, um, you know, that's, that's, that's part of obviously what they're doing to make sure that they're reporting it injury-wise, but. Again, it could be something else that actually triggers it. Because for one thing, you know how it is, if you're a player and you kind of compensate for one part of your body, at some point, something else may kind of go. So I think with Cody, with him, he just hasn't been right since the preseason. Um, It's been, been frustrating for him because anybody who knows anything about Cody Martin, he's one of the most prideful guys on the team. Like, he doesn't want to sit out. This is actually killing him, whether people believe it or not. He really wants to go out there and play, but in the same regard, you have to be able to protect yourself long-term. If you aren't feeling that um, your body is right, then to go out there and play is not going to be conducive to you or the team. So um, it's 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 one of those things where you probably wait till after the season's over and probably maybe just, just figure out they have to do another surgery or something like that, but he's definitely not – the way he wants to be and talking to him even just last week. And he wants to obviously play, but right now
0: he just can't. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah,
1: I I actually read that, that Charlotte Observer article that you had with him, and he was just frustrated, obviously, that he can only help on the sidelines, and it's something that he's never experienced before. So is it your understanding that even if this team was in the playoff race, do you have a sense if he'd be playing, or they're just taking it easy because of the status of the season type of thing?
2: It's, it's a good question man i don't really know the answer to that because um again it, if you're a player you want to be able to test yourself i would assume before the season ends and just make that make sure that you that you're feeling good in game play. so if it was playoffs you know again do you go out there and and risk a potential long-term um damage to yourself because you want to help the team win a couple of games i'm not sure if that's a smart move either so i it just knowing cody martin if he could play he will play. So I'm not sure playoff regular season, I'm not sure this point it matters because he just can't play the way he wants to.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't know if they were like being extra cautious and holding him back just because of the way that the season has gone. But yeah, your guess is as good as anyone's at this point. And I guess the other injury I want to talk about is that of Lamella Ball, who's only played in 36 games this season. He actually missed a chunk of time in the beginning of the season, a little bit in the middle. And then obviously he's out for the remainder with a fractured right ankle, which happens to be a different ankle than he has injured before. So considering this isn't the first season he's missed considerable games, and obviously the latest injury that he had was a non-contact injury, do you think there should be any kind of concern surrounding his ankles at all?
2: Well, we asked him about that when we talked to him uh, a little over a week ago, um, or actually a week ago, uh, to kind of get his – thoughts on where he was for the first time since he got injured. And he said he wasn't sure if he was going to wear ankle braces or anything like that kind of moving forward. Um, I I think to me, it's almost like if if you think about it, remember Steph Curry when he first came into the league and people were questioning his ankles and his durability. And now we see kind of where he is. It might take surgeries. It might take some braces. um, It might take a couple of different things from the training step to make sure that he actually is cushioned. So he doesn't actually hurt his ankle even more so, but it could be just freakish, man. It's one of those weird things where, um, as you mentioned, to have a non-contact injury um, go down like that is unusual, especially when he's crossing himself over, essentially, trying to just get past this man. So um, it's definitely something that you want to you know keep an eye on to make sure that doesn't happen further, but he doesn't have an answer in terms of what he's going to do just yet. But I assume that if you're the team in the Hornets um, depending on comfort bil- comfortability levels of what you can give him, again, padding wise or brace wise, I would think if he can play with it
1: and it feels good that they're going to suggest that he actually does it. Yeah. If it doesn't, you know, limit his mobility, I, I would agree with that, that sense. And obviously if Steph Curry can do it, I think, you know, that, that's a one story that you could look to, to kind of convince him to play with some ankle braces. And he just means so much to this team. He's the offensive engine when he goes, the offense goes, his playmaking is in the upper tier. I would say he's probably top 20 or so pull up three point shooters in the league right now, like just really good shot creation. And I think Clifford probably has created good habits with LaMelo on the defensive side of the court. And I'm not entirely sure if he's a a number one option on a consistent playoff team, maybe a number two option, but if the organization can get players to surround him and complement his play style, I would assume that I don't think the organization will think twice this offseason about offering LaMelo that designated rookie extension for five seasons. So what what do you say about that? I think the injuries aside, like they're going to be pretty uh, quick to do this, right? I would assume so. I mean, I don't know why
2: they wouldn't. If you think about it, uh, as you mentioned, the rookie extension is just part of what the NBA does to allow these teams to kind of keep their players and not have to worry about – questions about will he stay or will he sign an offer a seat with somebody else so if you're the Hornets you know what this guy means to your team you know what he means to your franchise to your city to everything he's your bottom line so to not go out there offering a max extension to me would be ludicrous so again um the deadline will be I think right before the season begins in 2022-23 2023-24 excuse me and I think that um with that being the case you know may it come down right to the actual time? Probably, because that's what teams do when they try to negotiate contracts. But I don't
1: personally think that it'll be an issue because I think both sides want to get this done if they can. Yeah, I would agree. Let's let's talk about one of the more promising, positive stories of the season because definitely been a lot of negatives and the injuries. I think Nick Richards has been a cool story, but probably one of the most surprising stories for me has been Dennis Smith Jr., local kid. He actually was signed pretty late. like. A month before the season even started. And he's always had a reputation for being a big time athlete and defender. And I'd go as far as saying that he's been Charlotte's best defender this season, at least individual defender. What have you seen so far from DSJ this year as I guess you can call a veteran? I know he's young, but like just being a backup point guard, but also his on court production.
2: He's been a real fine for him. I mean, I'm not sure, um, coming to the season that if you were Hornets fan, you could have thought that he would be the player he's been um, for the team this year. I mean, obviously when he was injured, um, you kind of missed his presence out there defensively because when you put him out there at times with LaMelo Ball, even Terry Rozier, whoever in the backcourt, it just makes it a little bit easier for him to guard the best player in the backcourt and just alleviate the pressure off the other guy. So I think um, just knowing Dennis Jr. and talking to him and being around him, like he loves it here with the Hornets in Charlotte. Like you can tell this is the place he wants to be. And just watching the last couple of games against his old team, Dallas, Uh, he's making big plays against those guys, very fired up, and just almost letting them know, like, hey, I'm still here. I can still play the ball. Don't give up on me, but I'm going to show you what time it is. And I think that that kind of moxie, that kind of attitude, is something the Hornets actually need and can use going forward. Um, So in talking to him, um, he definitely wants to be around beyond the season. Again, it depends on like anything else, just what um, the Hornets feel in terms of what they want to offer him and everything else. But talking to DSJ, like, he wants to be here, man. So I think that he can be a really good player for them moving forward because he can be a real compliment in that backcourt to get LaMelo ball and Terry
1: Rosier and even, you know, throw Kelly in there as well. All right, we've got Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer joining us here on Buzz Beat. In my opinion, another positive story, at least under-the-radar positive story, has been Gordon Hayward. I mean, he has missed games because of that shoulder injury, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'll mention it again. Like, I think he's had his best season finishing around the rim. I think he's underrated on the defensive side of the court, and as always, he's got a good balance of where he can get his shots from on the court. And I would say he's Charlotte's best mid-range scorer when you need him to go get a bucket. Whether it's in terms of his play, Rod, or whether what he means to this young roster, what value do you think uh, Hayward brings to this team?
2: He's kind of almost invaluable um, in some regard because, as you mentioned, he does a lot of things that people don't see. And when you make the amount of money that he makes, and when you've been injured um, the way he has, unfortunately, it's it's like a double whammy because fans just want to dump on him. But when he's out there, as you mentioned, he is one of the most effective players because he does so many different things that you can't really even sometimes factor into a box score. And he's like a coach on the floor for, for Steve Clifford. Um, he he kind of calms the guys down. As you mentioned, you, you give him the ball. When things are going a little wacky, he can make a play for you. He can, can kind of you know get get the ball to other guys. I think he had nine assists against, I think, the Mavericks on Friday night, yes, you know, yes. which is season high for him. So it tells you right there it can be a playmaker so i just think that overall as you mentioned it's not just offense it's also defense it's also just basketball iq like you talk to coaching staff about him his basketball iq knowing the right play to make or being the right spot at the right time is big for him and the hornets really can't replace that when he's been injured as you mentioned so i agree with you this to me has been his um his best season, obviously. Uh, as you mentioned, he's been injured a little bit this year as well. But I thought about that last couple of days myself and the fact that, you know, while other guys have kind of gone down a little bit the last couple of weeks here, the one guy standing is Gordon Haywood. And he obviously was injured
1: the previous couple of years going down the stretch of the regular season. Uh, we actually received a question on the podcast that we have not addressed yet. But I actually think it's a better question for you than it is for us because one of our listeners asked, Are we surprised by the. The vibes of this team seems like everyone is enjoying playing with each other and there's some kind of strong bond between these players. And, you know, maybe you can speak to this because with the way that the season has gone, you would think maybe the body language would be a little bit different, but it seems like the team is, is close. They're upbeat and they do have positive body language.
2: They're definitely uh, close. And that's one of the things that they kind of mentioned when I talked to them is about they feel like there's a brotherhood, uh, especially Kelly Oubre. That's one of the reasons why he likes being here so much. He feels like these guys are his brothers. He calls them his brothers all the time. So when you factor that into it, you factor that, you know, Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball were cool before they even became teammates. Those kind of things are, you know, stuff that you can't really, you know, uh, account for at times in the locker room. You know, when you have, as you mentioned, um, disharmony, it's usually because the team isn't winning or players do not like each other. But in this case, they're not winning, but they actually enjoy each other's company. They actually like to be around one another. I think the fact they've been together for a couple of years here also helps out. So, um, yeah, you're right. I think the brotherhood of this team is something that you really can't um, discount. And if you're on the outside looking in and you think that maybe it's it's not genuine, well, I can tell you somebody's on a team pretty much every day that it's genuine. He's got to actually like to be around one another and actually think that, again, they want to be around each other again, when they can turn this
1: thing around and be a team that they actually think they can be the look they could be actually this year as well. Kelly Oubre is probably the answer to this question, but is there a player too, that kind of keeps spirits high at practice or within the locker room?
2: Well, actually really the, the guy is Lamelo. I mean, oh, really? he's, he's a little hurt right now, but Lamelo literally when he's around, you know, he's around, he's always smiling, always joking. Even on the worst day, when guys do not feel like they're at top of their game, that dude's always smiling, happy-go-lucky. So um, you'd be surprised um, at times, but he is like the fire behind that team. When he's around singing, joking, um, there's a different basketball team. So when he was hurt those times he wasn't on a the team, they definitely missed him. But now he's back a little bit doing some more rehab. Like they enjoy having him around because he just brings a lot of energy to that team that just
1: is not there otherwise. All right, I've got a final question for you, Rod, before we wrap up here. If you were to put a number, a percentage, on MJ selling his stake in the team, how likely do you think that happens this off season, and and maybe what that means for the future of this organization?
2: That's a good question, man. I don't, I don't really have a number per se. I mean, obviously, um, there's you know reports out there, and it's most person spokesperson, uh, you know, we wrote about that last week in terms of, um, it's it's there's talks. Um, I, 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 good question. I. I'm not sure I want to give you a number, but I think that, put it this way, if it does happen, I don't think it's going to affect things in a negative way. If anything, it may be a positive in some regard because you're going to have maybe owners who want to come in and, like, make a name for themselves. So in that regard, maybe spend a little bit more money, but just spending money is, is about spending money wisely on top of that, right? So don't come in and start spending money, but if you want to come in and show that you're um, – You're all in then you come in and make some changes a little bit with your payroll things of that nature but the Hornets, to me are still in good shape think about it they're going to get renovations done to the arena pretty soon that's already been kind of talked about by the city and agreed upon we have a new facility to practice in as well across the street from the arena that's coming as well so they're not going anywhere as far as i can tell so really if anything it just means that maybe um again the Hornets they may have new owners coming actually here and, and be more excited to actually get behind a product but other than that i'm not sure it means a whole whole lot right now
1: other than maybe some hierarchy changes uh, in the front office stuff like that yeah that's what i was wondering like with like the gm and stuff and maybe the coaching and everything like that but i don't know you know maybe a new owner would want new blood in there uh, especially from the higher ups and stuff like that but rod we appreciate your time and uh, we always enjoy having you on as a guest uh for buzz i at least try to get you on once a year that that's my goal so thank you very much you got it, Rich. Thanks for having me, man.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.